0: You're listening to the Taylor Merrick podcast, the world's first and only 3-in-1 podcast. One, two,
1: three. On what? You'll just have to find out. Here's your host, Taylor Merrick. Podcasting since 2006, I am your host Taylor Merrick. Welcome to the show. Hey, if you're new, hit that subscribe button in the podcast app you are listening on. I'd hate for you to miss an episode, and that way you get notified whenever there's a new one. And who wouldn't want to miss out on new content? I mean, we have valuable guests that are on this show. We have valuable content on this show. The show is called The 3-in-1 Podcast because I initially started it talking about finances, business, and technology, and it's kind of morphed since then, but I've always kept the tagline. Now we talk about digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and podcasting. And today on the show... I have with me Mike Schmidt. He's part of the dynamic duo with Agency Coach. AJ, the other half of the dynamic duo, isn't with us today. We'll have to grab him on another episode. Agency Coach is a coaching team using real-world experience and expertise to propel digital agencies to unparalleled success. You see, this started with his agency, Mike, creating AnchorWave in 2003 when digital marketing was in its infancy. His vision of the future turned into a thriving multi-million dollar 20-member agency that has built over 2,000 websites and hundreds of digital marketing campaigns. And he's going to be talking to us about that, about his business, about entrepreneurship. And I just want to highlight a couple of awards that Mike and company have won over the years. You guys are the five-time ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club X Award not only that but you got the click Funnels bootstrapped agency award in 2022 you're the creators wow. of funnel hub got it right there <laughs> looking at it on the screen and you also are the winner of the tucson's forty under forty award you've you've spoken with some amazing people that I'm super jealous that you know uh, Russell Brunson being one of them.
0: yeah, it's been cool like you know we've we've been honored to uh, be in some really cool rooms and then therefore been invited to to speak on stage. Um, I think the thing that a j and I are probably most proud of and like to shine the light on is um we've spoken on the funnel hacking Live stage, which is the annual conference for ClickFunnels four different times, sharing the stage with some cool names. You mentioned one of them, Russell Brunson. Uh, Tony Robbins was on those stages. And, you know, Brendan Burchard's been on those stages and like so many amazing names that is awesome. And uh, yeah. we've, we've been able to share our story in lots of different contexts there, which is which has been cool.
1: Yeah. And expand your your influence and be able to, you know, talk to more people and you know, probably talk to some of those that you idolized growing up over the years. Because I, I grew up in, in the industry hearing about those names and, and Russell Brunson being one of them, hearing about them often enough. Does he talk that fast in person? Or is yeah. that just kind of a shtick that he does on video?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, the guy probably would talk faster if his body could actually put the words out faster. He's such oh, man. a smart guy. And he sees like connections and ideas so um, vividly and quickly that I think his brain works faster than his mouth ma- than his mouth does. Um, yeah. Like, you ever seen like minority report or like even like, the, or like the matrix, right. Where you see like all like the zeros and ones turn into like re reality and stuff. Like, I think that's how yeah. he sees life. And so, um, it's like I can't so- talk
1: fast enough. Like, if I could if I could right. give you like a brain implant you'd be like, "Oh, sweet, got it." <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, here here's a funny trivia bit that I think is f- hilarious. So, when Russell interviewed AJ and I on the Marketing Secrets podcast, which you can actually go watch if you head over to funnelhublaunchpad.com, there's a um, there's a video of it there and and now that I tell you this, you'll probably notice it. Russell's speaking his normal fast pace but every time it cuts to AJ or I like they must have like sped us up like 1.2 or 1.3x of we our normal a little speech bit so it's like when I watch it I'm like that's kind of fast and it's like yeah uh, but it's like I, you know it was both to like shorten the episode but also like match the pace of what Russell talks which I thought was funny so
1: yeah, yeah, so on the on the topic of of personal connections and it's so kind of lean into the journey and kind of how you started and and got here uh, which I find fascinating and and uh, I like to highlight on on the podcast when I bring guests on and kind of talk with them about their expertise, how they got started. One of the main ideas and founders who kind of planted the seed of the idea of starting a blog and starting a podcast, at least in my life, started in 2006. And this guy's name is Ken Pierpont. He uh, he just taught a class on, I found something interesting, effective communications. I want to do blogging or podcasting more. And he wanted to do it more for his own personal journey. And he kind of wrote me into it because he was teaching a class. It was kind of what got me on the launch pad to Learning about blogging, learning about podcasting, getting involved in that whole arena with podcasting, and, and growing this show um, to the audience that it's at today, and uh, and and everything that I've learned since then, freelancing, and even leading into owning my agency. He unexpectedly passed um, wow. earlier this week, and it was a shock to everybody. Wow. Um, it was it passed away in his sleep, um, but he was he was a great impact, in, in starting that. Journey for me, and he didn't do it because he wanted to have you know monetary gain or or, or fame. He just did it because he said, "I find something interesting. I'm trying it out myself. What do you guys think?" And you want to try it, and I'll get you started on that. And I've been blessed to know him, and for what he's put in because that started this podcast journey. Wise, you know, I went freelancing, and then come 2018, I don't know if you know this. April of 2018 is when I bought your review pro launchpad product so i've been stuck in your circle ever since then <laughs> and, <laughs> and the thing you're is stuck? come on man <laughs> well i'm not i'm not stuck the thing is is i keep going back to what you're saying because it's true because it's good because here's the thing mike you started with your web design agency mm-hmm. you went through the hustle you went through the struggle you went through the grind and then you were through all of that, able to grow AnchorWave to where you could finally step out of all the roles that you had put yourself in, take off all the hats that you had started with to get to the place where it's like, look, I see the industry is in need of a better way of doing things just for the consumer standpoint, for the business owner agencies as a whole, like we don't need to sit there and grenade bomb Mm -hmm. business owners into all this. So I kind of wanted to get some input into your journey about how all of that started for you like why be a business owner and especially why why decide to be a website designer of all things right
0: yeah so i think my impression of business ownership and like just entrepreneurship in general like happened very much by accident or my desire to start a business always felt very like predetermined thing I was going to do always. I came to find out that that was not a common feeling that many people have. Like some people are are struck by that, but I knew from a very young age and there's kind of two pieces of my, my story, my journey that formed that perspective on the world. The first was with my uncle, Steve. I grew up in Southern California and he, he and my aunt and my cousins lived on the opposite coast in the Boston area. And I loved going to see my uncle Steve, like, just a fun, good guy, great uncle. Um, and one of the cool things he would do with us kids when we were there is when we got up in the morning, we would play what we called Sam's Diner, which was basically him putting on an apron and a chef's hat, letting us kids sit down at the table. He had printed menus where he like handed out okay. menus, and we got to order something from the menu, right? And it was like really cool. It was like so fun. And I think it was my first time that I realized that Real people run businesses, even though it was a fake business. It was like if a guy like my uncle Steve can run this business like like it 's like just normal people right growing up in southern california you know it 's the land of chain everything there, there wasn 't a lot of mom and pop businesses where i grew up it was like very much like the applebee's and the Chili's and the you know the, if it was a restaurant we were eating out at it was not a locally owned business and so the idea of that being possible for even me was like very inspiring um and i loved, i loved playing that and i looked forward to it every every morning we were there and every time we would go visit um okay
1: so you, you got a taste yeah
0: yeah And so like, that was like the the first part of it. And then the other part was, it's funny. So my older sister, who's five years older than me, can remember a time where like my dad was without a job. The reason we were in Southern California was my dad moved out there by his company. He worked for a company called Monarch Records, which is a company that pressed vinyl records. So he managed the plant in New York and then was moved out to LA to to open up their plant out there. And shortly after he did that, the cassette tape took hold and vinyl records went out of style and he lost his job, right? My older sister remembers a time when when he was trying to figure it out, but I've always, you know, I don't really remember that time, I was too young. And my dad was, has always been in, from my recollection, commercial title insurance. Not that exciting, right? Yeah. You know, from a little kid's sound perspective. Exciting. I mean, he loved it and did a lot of great work with it. But from a little kid, I'm like, I don't know. I still don't quite always understand what that even means. But I remember like, yeah, that's the card, coolest
1: thing ever because I'm a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dad's cool. I'm like, oh, cool.
0: So you build the building. He's like, no, 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 no. like, wait, wait, wait. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, but the thing is on his business card, it said vice president. And I always looked at that business card and I was like, yeah, my dad's the vice president of this company. He's like the really important guy at this company. Many years later come to find out that they put vice president on every single salesperson's business card in the organization. (laughs) Right. So my dad wasn't the vice president of anything. Right. But my mind, this little kid's like my dad's, I mean, he's right next to the president. He's vice president. Like that's awesome. Right. Yeah. In a sales role. My dad was was making great money, and he was very much in control of his day and his time. So, so think of it from a little kid's perspective. Like I'm looking at this this man who has vice president president on his card. Um, This guy um, took vacations when he wanted to take vacations. He was at all of our stuff growing up. Like there was never a time where my dad was not there doing this, you know, the stuff. And so, whereas my I had friends that had parents that that didn't do that. So I like I just assumed this was probably the best assumption or mistake I've ever made in my life was assuming that my dad was a business owner and that my uncle Steve was a business owner even though both of those cases were not true but it informed my like perspective of like what was possible in the world and so from a very young age I'm like that's what I'm going to be I'm going to be the guy who does the thing and builds the business cuz like there's people around me giving that example but like turns out that they they weren't which is hilarious to think about yeah. now and uh, but that that's what led me to do that and le- led me to, to make the choice that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be in business.
1: How did you find your your why? Like you got bit by the entrepreneur bug. Was it, you know, you wanted the freedom? What kind of freedom did you want? You know, what, what was yeah. your why for your choice in entrepreneurship?
0: Yeah, so I got into building websites simply because, you know, I grew up at the right time, like so I was in high school. I graduated from high school in 1999, and so that like I was in high school in the later half of the 90s when like the internet was starting to take hold, and so I actually built a website called The Magic Library because I was very much into uh, magic and I was like yeah. I need money to bu- to buy magic tricks and to buy books about it. So what if I just created a website where I had magicians come, and they could come and type out what the tricks were and how they worked, because I own the site, I had access to all these the magic library, and that way I didn't have to pay for any magic tricks. Yeah, so now I like, I, now
1: like, I know your secret pen and teller. Ha <laughs> ha! Exactly.
0: I was like, I just want to know how it's done, and all these magicians were lining up one by one, telling me how it was all done. I was like, all right. But what's funny is I traded one hobby, you know, magic, for another hobby, which was building websites, and so so I was like very well positioned to. Like do this for other people. I was a member of the the web team, the original web design team of my high school, which is like at the time was like, what? a web team? Like I should have got a letter yeah. for that.
1: It honestly you' a, a signet ring or something <laughs> something like that.
0: But yeah, so like I ended up building websites for the 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 basketball coach had a piece of software that tracked practice schedules and things like that, that he was selling. So I built a website for him and, and um, a buddy of mine who was on the web team with his dad started a web design company. And this is like 1997, 98. And so I worked for them for a little while. And it was one of those things where it was all around me. So by the time, you know, the combination of me being in wanting to start a business and having the skill set that was like very much in demand and like everyone Wanted to talk to me about starting the company made a ton of sense. You know, I started Anchorwave, our agency, about six months before graduating from the university. I just remember it was kind of like my best shot to stay in Tucson, which is where I still live, because I was dating a girl, I was playing in a band, and I'm like, I want to stay here. And so I need to figure out a job situation. And at, at the time, you know, 2003, there wasn't anybody hiring a web designer at the time, there was very, especially in Tucson, Arizona. So My options were go back to California where I grew up, which could have been a great option, or start a company. And so with the support of my dad, started the company. And um, I remember I was... So I'm going to answer your question in a second about the freedom and why I did that in a
1: second. Oh, yeah. No, I I like it. Keep going.
0: (laughs) So what happened was I was like really empowered pretty early on of like... One of my early clients was Gretchen Cowlick. She was a loan officer for a local mortgage company. And I built her website and I built a website for... Um, the women's foundation of Southern Arizona. And I built, you know, just, I was doing websites for, for people. And it was like, it was like, cool. I'm like, I'm doing what I know how to do. And they're paying me. And it was, it was great. At the time that I graduated from the university, a lot of my friends were graduating as well. And I had this like real sense of like, you, you mentioned freedom. Like I felt very free. I'm in control of my own thing. I can make as much as I want. I set my own schedule. Like this is awesome. And I'm seeing all my friends line up to go get their jobs right corporate jobs here and there and I'm just like looking at them thinking like I was genuinely worried for them I, all I could picture was you know if you've ever seen the movie office space it's like these guys sitting in cubicles and not much, not too different from the cubicle walls sitting behind you there Taylor yeah yep, like, yep. <laughs> it's like these guys sitting in cubicles and they're chasing the corporate ladder climbing the corporate ladder. Didn't sound appealing to you? It didn't seem appealing at all. And so I said I said to a lot of my friends, I was always trying to convince them, like, you should start a business. You should start a business. I was like the broken record trying to get all my friends to start a business. And then one day, uh, Brenda, who's now my wife, girlfriend at the time, because I would try and convince her too. She's like, Mike, damn it. Not everybody wants to start a freaking business. And I was (laughs) like, what do you mean? She's like, not everybody wants to start a business. That's great for you. That's awesome. You're doing your thing. But these guys have all been going to school. They've been studying their craft and now they're going to go get jobs. And you talking to them about starting a business and not doing the thing they've been planning to do is like, you're just being a jerk. I was like, it was the first time that it occurred to me that there are people on the planet that don't want to start businesses. But then it made sense. I was like, yeah, I could see how I was being a, a jerk. That's the moment I realized I am different than a lot of the folks that I surround myself with. And yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw a real clear pathway to owning my life, having the the key things of what I want. Financial revenue coming in to freedom of time. Like I saw my ability to achieve that was through my business. And I, I thought that my friends were just marching into the opposite of that. They're going to do that for 35, 40 years, retire, and then have it. I'm like, I want to have that now. I don't
1: want to wait. Yeah. And so you saw you saw more fulfillment in in that path than go and work a career for forty years and it's stable and it pays you and it's fine and then after that you get to live your life. I mean, right. I, I guess if that's for you, that's that's fine. But you know, yeah, that's kind yeah, of there's another uh, one
0: with that. There's another and, and you know that's a pretty like black right. and white way of looking at it. I, I have many friends. And even people who work for me now, who you know didn't take the entrepreneurial path, there's nothing wrong with that. And at the time, I thought right. there was right, and and I was just trying to apply my way of looking at the world to everyone else. And my people thought I was a jerk because of it, and I was 100. percent So the world needs yeah. all of these people, and there's many different pathways through. It's just that for me, like I chose entrepreneurship, I chose business.
1: So you you found your calling, your entrepreneurial journey had begun, and it was all sunshine and roses after that, right?
0: Oh, obviously, yeah. It's been a blessing every day since.
1: It's been fantastic <laughs> ever since. That's how entrepreneurial owning a business is supposed to go. It's just you're an overnight success. You're, you're <laughs> a sensation around the world. How did that turn out for you?
0: I think if you would have told me what I was actually signing up for at that moment, I don't believe I would have had the guts to go through with it. Like If you would have said, here's what's going to happen as a result of, of you choosing entrepreneurship and you choosing Business ownership and not taking this other path, I would not have had the guts to like jump in on it. I didn't learn a thing about business, not one thing about business in college. Maybe some people do, but I didn't. I graduated with a degree in media arts and a, and a minor in computer science, which, you know, media arts is just a really fancy way of saying, Hey guys, let's get together and watch some movies. We're going to write some papers about it. And we're going to call it media arts so that way your parents still want to pay for it because it sounds more important than it actually is. You know, it was it was video production is what I went to college for. It's not fair to, to say I learned nothing there because actually very much a lot of what I currently do today, I actually use that degree more today than I did in the first like 15 years after. I was not prepared for business in any way so I had to learn a lot by trial and error a lot by reading books, a lot by putting myself in rooms with other business owners who had had some of the same struggles by hiring business coaches. I can tell you plenty of stories. And I'm, I'm, if you want to dig into some of them, we certainly can.
1: <laughs> I know maybe one of the more standout stories that you can recall. Well, there's lots of them. There's one in particular, I think
0: would be worth sharing here. So uh, 2000. I think this is 2008 or 2009, about five years into business. Um, but at that point I had some employees. I had an office space, uh, great reputation in town, very well networked in the community. Uh, plenty of opportunities coming my way. But the thing I didn't have a lot of experience with was like managing a team or people. I found out one day that my production staff, which consisted of at the time five people, four of them were starting their own company while still working for me competing web design company which by the way oh, like man. i have no problem with people even today if they're doing outside work and things like that or if they're like they have ambitions to start a company like mine the problem i had was them doing it while working for me without me knowing about it and doing work while i was paying them right I pay, i'm paying them yeah and then they're also doing it's like double dipping. It was nasty, right? And I was really angry about it. I let go of, you know, 90% of my production staff one moment, oh, you're gone. You guys are gone. Oh, and so here I have all these projects. I have all these clients and I have basically nobody to do it. So a couple of things came out of that. Like one is I realized like I was not a good boss. I was not a good leader. Like I wasn't leading anything. These people who worked for me, they were roughly my age, maybe a little younger in some cases, and I was like treating them more like friends than I was in employees because I I was kind of a lonely business owner. I'm like, but I was still the boss to them, right? So we were never we were never friends, and I, there was a lot that I just didn't know how to support. I didn't know how to support, and I didn't know how to like recognize any of those signs. And so while they're definitely culpable in what happened, I think most of the blame is is mine. I let that right. happen. I learned a ton about people and managing projects and and leadership through what happened there. That was a blessing that took a lot longer to realize uh, and, and figure out. The, one, the blessing that was more immediate though, at that time, I had been kind of talking to a couple different outsource partners all around the world. Some of them in the US, one of them happened to be in Nepal. So that day I emailed, I emailed the guy in Nepal and I said, Hey, can you help with these things? And he's like on it. And that led to a very long business relationship with this guy. He helped in an amazing way. I don't believe that I would have pulled the trigger on that business relationship, especially not that quickly and that deeply had that not happened. So I had an immediate like good thing come out of that. And then there was a long-term blessing as well. And I think the the bigger lesson in that for me has been in every challenge that appears that there's always an immediate blessing and there's always a long-term blessing, right? And it's our jobs to figure those things out. In the moment, it could be very easy just to put your head in the sand and be like, uh, this is no good and and um, and I'm ruined. And you know, there's been plenty of times I used to joke, I'm like, this would be way easier if I just went opened up a hot dog cart. I'm going to go set up a hot dog cart. I'm going to open, I'm going to Set up around, you know, 9 p.m. outside the bar and I'll I'll stay there until close. I'll sell hot dogs for cash. Worst case scenario, somebody doesn't like their hot dog, I'll give them their money back, a couple bucks. It's like not a big deal. You know, I was just like so eager sometimes just to throw it all away and walk away from it because of how stressful it was. Fortunately, I I never actually did that and collected the lessons along the way. And I'm grateful for that now when we're in those situations. It's it's really hard. To believe the challenges are really shaping us. But I, I can say that so far, yeah. there's been nothing that's ended me. There's been nothing that's created ruin. And so the likelihood of that happening through the challenges that I still face today, I, I, I think is pretty low. So it gives me a lot of confidence to build the business. It gives me a lot of confidence to continue going, even though like, yeah, there's stuff that doesn't, it's not working right now. That's right. challenging right now. It sucks. There's some stuff that really sucks right now, and there's there's other things that are really amazing. You know, the things that suck are shaping and pushing me in the right direction. Knowing that that's what's happening makes it feel a lot better.
1: I find that in reading the stories and talking to people about their unique journeys, it was it was a unique journey. It's unique to you. I don't see that as a as a bad thing it's it was a unique learning experience and there's plenty to learn from it but it's it's your story you as individual you can you can own that Mm -hmm. i mean mcdonald's has their their origin story you know burger king has their origin story anchor wave has you know its own unique story and it, it adds its own unique flavor and blend and it's it's a story worth telling i feel but, yeah, I think you have to be a, a certain kind of crazy to be, you know, a business owner and be an entrepreneur and all that. Years ago, I was speaking to a, um, a postal carrier uh, early in my career when I was also a postal carrier, and uh, she was joking, and she's, but she was completely serious. She said, you have to be a certain kind of crazy to want to be a mail carrier. And I kind of just adopted it over into, you know, being an entrepreneur and running a business. It's like, yeah, because it's not for everybody Mm -hmm. because you're going to be on a completely unique journey and different journey than anybody else. So you got to have a really strong why behind it. And and it's fulfilling for you. You're going to have your strong moments. You're going to have your weak moments. You're going to have the ups and the downs. It's meant to make you stronger. I mean, we don't have to worry now like people did back in the day of I'm going to get trampled by a dinosaur or or mm-hmm. I have to go yeah. out and hunt today to go and feed my family and myself or or there's not going to be any of us. We have a different set of things that we're living with in this day and age than than we were back then so we can we can now choose to specialize in in things that we want to do and
0: Yeah, it was really easy to let our lizard brain. Yep. Drive the drive the show, drive the boat, right? And we allow the stories and the the situations to play through our head of our finances and our relationships and you know all the other things that could go wrong or have gone wrong. And we our bodies respond to that as if there's a threat happening right now. You know that's the challenge is like living in this moment. It's like you look around you and you look nothing's coming to attack me right here, right now. I'm right. fine. Yeah. It <laughs> literally is then then worry about it. Do something about it. I'm I'm the king of putting pressure on myself to perform. Right. A lot of us in entrepreneurship get in this negative habit of being the guy that can like save the day, and that's a that's a hard place to live all the time.
1: Yeah, and I know that's one thing that you touch on often being an agency owner and going through the journey is, you know, touching on the aspects of your mind and retraining, reframing, understanding more and trying to Reorient it to achieve the result that you're going for. I mean, that's, you know, your, your mantra with agency coaches, own your agency, own your life. And you talk about it often enough that it's, it's stuck and it's drilled into my head. Because once I joined you guys, I was like, these guys are good. They've actually gone through all of the journey and now they're out here helping more people understand that. And they're here to be a support and a catalyst to help you get there because you've gone through it and you're like if we could help save one more person from having to make the same mistakes or think they're a failure that's a much more fulfilling mission i think talk to me briefly about the the catalyst from you know how you went from anchorwave and and running your agency to then going aha maybe we should help other website owner business owners SEO, social media, pay-per-click agencies out there to actually do better for the industry as a whole?
0: This is probably around 2015, 2016. My business partner, AJ, and I kind of got to the point where we felt like we had slayed a lot of the dragons. And I had bought back a lot of my time. So you know, there was a good, gosh, I mean, a good year, probably more if I'm really being honest, where I kind of showed up to the office, was there, kind of sat around trying to figure stuff out and just like nobody needed things from me. And and there was occasionally things that would pop up and they would be looking to me for some guidance and leadership. You know, I had a team, right? someone that was in charge of finance and operations and someone who's d- dealing with the web design department and tech support. If the phone rings, it's getting answered, right? Bills come in, they get received and they get paid. And the, like, you know, invoices go out, marketing is done and salespeople are selling. And there would be many days I would actually go to AJ. Um, this is like, as we were starting to perform our partnership, I'm like, what should I do today? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, there, I was like <laughs> this is such a weird thing.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, like i can actually have these conversations like what am right. i supposed to do i don't have to do anything and it just things get done
0: <laughs> and so it took me a good like like i said a good year or more to like start to formulate what it was that i could and should be doing and we'd found ourselves in a couple different masterminds and for marketers and and groups and you know we joined ryan dice's digital marketer mastermind and kind of got a window into like some other things and we tried to creating a couple different businesses there that we shouldn't have. But again, lessons and learned a lot about that. But the thing that kept on calling was agency coach was teach people like be like, I love talking shop. I mean, you know this Taylor, I love being around the rage. Okay. What do you do? And how do you do that? And why does that work? And how should I handle this? And I was no stranger to business coaches because I had hired, I I mean, I've always worked with one. Um, I'm working with right now. And I felt like there was never in my history, in my journey, the business coach that got my industry. I had to oftentimes get my business coaches up to speed. I'm like, here's what it, social media <laughs> management means. And here's yeah. what a website is and what purpose. And it's not that they totally needed to know all that stuff to, to, to coach me, but it sure helped when they did. There are things about our agency that are really special, the way that we've developed things, but I didn't recognize it at first. I was like, I thought everyone had you know, a sales system and we're selling high ticket recurring revenue and was built and was trying to build their recurring revenue so high that it was bigger than their expenses. And so that way every month they started the first day of the month with, with money in their pocket. I thought everyone's doing that. Like, no, not everyone's doing that apparently. So, when I started having conversations with with agency you know, owners about plain starving artists and yeah, every, exactly. Everyone was a starving artist and they're so good. I mean, there's so many amazing digital marketers and web designers and social media folks and graphic designers. They're so good and they're just not getting paid what they're worth. I'm like, you realize, guys, you're just leaving money on the table. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to charge the right way and get the best of both worlds where you still get to be the artist and the creator and make the money. Let's have both right. of those things. Cause here, here's, here's the thing why I love business. Business is a game we get to play. Makes sense. It's like there's rules, right? There's like certain things we get to, to operate. Right. But the thing that most people forget or don't understand is that business is also a game we get to design. So imagine right. creating a, a game that you also get to design. Do you think that you could win that game? Well, yeah, if you get to design the rules and how it works, sure. But most people in businesses and this is just so sad I think that they forget and I forget this sometimes too guys so like just just so you know like we get to design our own game and we get to play it but if we get stuck in playing a game that's not working for us then we can design a new game and change the game and so these artists right. and the people who are out there who are starving and, and amazing folks what they've done is they've created a game that ru- rules have been developed you know whether they did it or not or they accepted society's rules or what they think other pe- the rules should be set by other people, and then they play that game and they and they can't win at it and they lose at it and they struggle it's like no 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 let's design your game to work the way you want, so that way you win and so that way you love it and it, who cares what other people think that's what's cool, and that's why I, I
1: love business yeah, and from that you've been able to further your 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 influence and impact of Help other people trying to figure out how do I run my digital marketing agency better, or having those numerous conversations of well, I just do websites and I only want to do websites, and then you throw that little thought, what if you could do more and get paid <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and do possibly less work? Right. Or or no additional hours spent on it. How would that how would that change a couple of the pieces on the board in your favor, yeah. as it were?
0: Especially with like smaller agencies and you know organizations, you know, just building a little bit of recurring revenue in your business can transform your life pretty quickly. You know, if you've ever looked at your bank statement and been like, how did I spend all this money? And then you go through and you add up all the individual transactions thinking that the bank was somehow wrong. You're like, no, 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 no. There's no way that I spent that much money, right? Well, what's cool yeah. is clients paying you like recurring revenue, like the reverse of that works in your favor, right? So it doesn't take that many clients paying you that much money to add up to a number that hits your account on the first of every month. That's life-changing. People think that, oh, if I'm going to build recurring revenue, I got to have all these hundreds of clients paying me lots of money. No, no, no. Just having a small stable of clients paying you monthly can change your life. And it's a foundation to do all the other amazing things.
1: Yeah. Cause then you can build other other things into it if you want you can you can hire more people you can improve the quality of your work you can add more services in or you could say yep i'm at the stage where it's good i've reached it i got a buyout offer i'm out exactly <laughs> you know exactly yeah for the listeners who have a website agency who do seo pay-per-click or or all of the services all of the above or just social media what is the most common frustration that you've seen
0: i'd say most people who enter our world their number one uh concern or or thing they want to fix is leads i need more leads i need more opportunities like if i could only just have more people to talk to then everything would get better and i would i would sell and i also want good leads i don't want these tire kickers i don't want these people who don't have any money I don't want these people who, you know, waste my time, give them an idea and then they just don't do anything or they ghost me or they hire somebody else. Like one of the things that is a big part of our teaching and our, and our, our coaching is helping agencies solve that. But the way that's solved is, is sometimes um, unexpected. The thing is that the reason why the leads suck, the reason why they don't have any money, the reason why they're wasting your time is because they can't clearly understand how the work that you do translates into more customer activity. <laughs> this might be sound shocking to some people. right? Clients don't want to buy SEO. They don't want to buy websites. They don't want to buy Facebook ads. They don't want to buy review and reputation management. They don't want to buy any of those things. What they want to buy is more customer activity. So your job as an agency, as a marketer, is to help your clients connect the dots between how A website, how Facebook ads, how reviews, how all these things translate into customer activity. You, as the agency owner, have already connected those dots in your brain. The mistake that you're making is you're not helping the client on the other end make that same connection, or we're assuming that they've already done that. And and it sounds so simple, right? Like, oh well, how could they not know that? I mean, they're coming, they in fact they knocked on my door and they said, I want Facebook ads. So they must know how that influences customer activity. Then I gave them a proposal for Facebook ads and then then they didn't hire me. What the heck? Like I gave them what they asked for. What's happening is too many agencies are order takers. An order taker will never make good money, but a consultant, a specialist, an expert does. You walk into your physician's office and you say to your doctor, hey doc, I need you to take out my kidney. Do you think yeah, your doctor is going to do that? You know? No, <laughs> no, they're going to be like, you're an idiot. Why would I take out your kidney? What's going on? You're like, well, doc, yeah. I've been on WebMD all night and I've got this pain right here. And this says that I've, I've, it must be infected and it must have an issue. So we need to take it out like immediately. In fact, maybe we should take out both kidneys while we're at it. He's like, okay, first of all, no. Uh, second of all, that's not what's going on. I need to do an evaluation assessment. And if in fact we need to take out your kidneys i will make that recommendation and we'll talk about that and what needs to happen right like yeah. like it's only, it's laughable to, to describe this situation we know that but why but agencies do this all the time client comes in hey i need a website oh do you know okay here it is yeah every opportunity if, if the leads suck if they're not if they're ghosting you if they're wasting your time is because you're being an order taker you're not being a consultant like it's not about being a jerk to them it's about saying hey that's great i love that you're looking into facebook ads that's awesome would you mind if i asked you a couple questions To get to know you, the business, and your current situation better, also what you're trying to do, to see if Facebook ads is the right move or if there's something else that we would want to kind of work together. How does that sound? Okay, cool. That's a reasonable request. And then taking them through a process where you're actually evaluating
1: what they need. Just briefly, I love how that reframes the entire conversation. Let's do an evaluation. Let's make sure that's actually the correct thing that you need. Exactly.
0: And so when you take someone through that process, not only are you... More trustworthy. So you're increasing the amount of trust, but you're also helping them see the world through your eyes. So that way they feel comfortable buying the thing they actually need. And if you take right. somebody through a process like this, I guarantee you, you'll probably be the only one of your competitors that actually does that. And you get the job. But right? you can be the most expensive and still get hired. One of my favorite things is having a client say to me, you know, almost like sternly, they're like, you know, Mike. <laughs> here's the thing. We looked at a lot of people. We looked at you, looked at these other guys and uh, you guys are the most expensive by far by a lot. And um, we're still going to hire you because nobody else did what you guys did and nobody understands what we're trying to accomplish. So we're feeling really good about it and we're expecting a lot from this. And I feel like you guys can do it. So when can we get started? Right? Like that's right. so awesome. This is not, something that's happened once and I'm just telling you a story. This is something that's happened over and over and over again for our agency and also many of the agencies in the community that follows this process that we teach. So how would you like to be the most expensive and still get the job and no longer deal with time wasters, tire kickers, low budget clients, people who ghost you? That's how you do it.
1: It works. I haven't had a, a prospect or a client yet you know, say, "Well, I didn't appreciate that presentation at all. I that, oh, I hated that evaluation. I know exactly how I'm doing, Taylor." No, they came and they they had that inquiry of, "Hey, I need X," and I said, "Fantastic. Let's sit down and make sure that's what you need." And sometimes that turned out to be the exact evaluation. Yep, a website does the next logical step. Sometimes it was, "Did you consider reviews? That's kind of important." And then they go, I never thought about that. Well, did you know that your competitor, oh, well, I we need to change the, the playbook here and do things in the correct order to get the customer activity that we want. It has to start with trust and it has to build from there. I was just speaking with a prospect. They got a playbook from me a year ago because they said, hey, we need a website. Our competitors are chomping at our heels and we need to stay ahead of things. So we were interested in a couple of things. And I had the playbook with them and I had that conversation with them. But then a year later, they came back and they said, hey, Taylor, let's have a conversation about pay-per-click We're we want to run that now. And, and we don't know of anybody who does it, you know, quite like you do. <laughs> I love having those kind of conversations because it, it reframes and it really does from a consultative approach of, you know, the physician example that you gave, you're able to understand each other better both what you offer and provide and, and what they are needing and, and being able to make that connection fit. I know that on your website, you have a lot of resources for agency owners. Can you go through and explain some of those resources that might be of benefit to the listeners?
0: What we were just been talking about is the playbook, right? Taylor mentioned a couple of different times. And the playbook is a strategic approach to selling high ticket recurring revenue to your clients. So that way you have recurring revenue greater than expenses, right? You know, financial freedom is is an equation. Financial freedom equals monthly recurring revenue greater than expenses. And so that's what we help folks do. If you'd like to take a look at the playbook and kind of see how we can help, if you head over to agencycoach.com slash apply, we can have a conversation and show you exactly how, how we approach these things. And if it makes sense, come on in. And if not, at least you have some new visibility into what your future looks like there. So definitely take a peek at that. If you guys want to hit me up on Instagram, so at uh, Mr. Mike Schmidt, all those things like buzz on my phone. So if you, if you message me, I will, I will get the message. Uh, let me know that yeah. you heard me on Taylor's uh, podcast here. We have our digital agency operating system, which is a, a, a training that talks about how this whole thing fits together. And I'll make sure you get a copy of that as well.
1: I haven't seen an, a competitor two agency coach in in this space that does it quite as well as you do. Thanks, Taylor. So, what's been your biggest takeaway from this conversation?
0: It was really helpful for me to say out loud about the business businesses we create are ones that are games we get to play but also ones we get to design. And so, in the challenges that you're facing right now, if you've chosen entrepreneurship as the vehicle for your life, then know that whatever challenge you're facing right now, that um, not only can you design your world to account for that, but that there's a short term and there's a long term lesson to be found in, in every opportunity. So find those things, find the short term, find the long term, but then redesign the game to work in your favor because you're, and control of that and don't let anybody tell you otherwise
1: i'd say my biggest takeaway of this conversation mike has been reminding myself the fun and the energy that comes from having a consultative approach when talking to business owners in need of well this could fit for really any service or product but if you come at it from that approach you're gonna have a much more fulfilling business relationship. It it just is better overall. Totally <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Mike. And uh, yeah, we'll have we'll have to get AJ on here because uh, we'll have yeah, to hear yeah. his side of things. It's yeah, no only doubt. one half of the dynamic duo. And usually, uh, when I see and talk to you guys, there's <laughs> both of you. <ya. laughs>
0: awesome. Well, hey, her, I really appreciate being on here, uh, and and you open up the doors for me to to chat a bit about uh, the journey here today. It's been been an honor. For anybody listening that'd like to reach out, have any follow up questions, again, just uh, send me a
1: DM on uh, Instagram at Mr. Mike Schmidt and uh, be happy to chat. If you want to learn more about Mike and AJ, visit agencycoach.com or click any of the links in the show description that I have available for you. Alongside that free gift, there's a link available for that as well. We're going to have to get AJ on next time, so stay tuned for that. Special thank you to you, our listeners, for making this show possible. As always, we appreciate your feedback, your reviews, and your support. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much. And as always, keep being awesome, and I'll see you next week.